0: Hi, this is Andrew, and this is Keynote, the daily now.tv chat show with some of the world's leading thinkers and writers. Hello, everybody. It is Tuesday, January the 31st, 2023. We couldn't get through January 2023 without a book about leadership. We've done lots and Regular viewers and listeners to the show know that I'm, to put it politely, a little bit skeptical about books about leadership. We did one conversation um, last year with the business writer Barbara Kellerman, who I think is also, like me, a little skeptical. And we talked about whether most books about leadership are, are scams or at least um, not very convincing. Uh, we did a show even last year with the uh, authority on leadership, Richard Winters, who believes or at least suggests that the good leader gets rid of leadership itself. He has a mm-hmm. new book out, You're the Leader, Leadership Lessons from the Mayo Clinic. He works at the Mayo Clinic. If you get lid- rid of leadership, then I'm not quite sure what leadership is. I- I'm sometimes suspicious that books about leadership simply present values and ideas that uh, people think are important and dress them up in the language of leadership. So we did a show last year with the management expert Susan McKenty Brady, who talks about um, leadership and empathy. I'm not suggesting necessarily empathy is a bad thing, but sometimes these things get simply, uh, the the concept of leadership gets used as an excuse to promote and present other values. So Mm -hmm. Having said all that, we have another book on leadership, this time presented um, in interesting language, When Everyone Leads, How the Toughest Challenges Get Seen and Solved by two authors, Ed O'Malley and Julia Fabrice McBride. Um, And Julia is joining us from Kansas. Um, The book is presented as a revolutionary approach to leadership. Uh, Julia is joining us from Kansas today. So, Julia, as I've suggested in this introduction, I need a little bit of convincing here. I'm a little bit skeptical, but the floor is yours to convince me that you, with When Everyone Leads, has a revolutionary approach to leadership. So perhaps you might introduce yourself and the book and convince me and my audience that you indeed do have this revolutionary approach.
1: Thank you, Andrew. And I agree with a lot of the things you're saying that often we dress up leadership to promote a care. We dress up a value we like or a position we aspire to and call it leadership. Our revolutionary approach is to say leadership is an activity and it's not a role. It's not authority. It's not being the boss. It's not vision or charisma or even empathy. It might It might take one of those things or an activity from one of those positions to move a tough challenge forward. But leadership is really the activity of mobilizing people to make progress on what matters most. And when we think about it that way, anyone can do it. And if we're going to solve tough challenges and reach big aspirations in 21st century communities and companies, we need everyone leading. So the revolution is we each have to authorize ourselves to exercise leadership and stop waiting for a savior from the top or in Washington or in our case in Topeka to save the day and point the way forward.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. We did a, a show last year, also with the another management writer, uh, Nancy Giordano, who has a book, Leadering, The Way mm. Visionary Leaders Play Bigger," turning the leadership into a verb. That's what you seem to be suggesting. It's an activity. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's an activity. It's a practice. It is a verb. And when you talk about it as a verb then that suddenly means anyone can do it and everyone can get better at it.
0: And but why, I, I mean, I, I, on these, I take your point and it is interesting and I'm willing to, conv- I'm open to being convinced, but yeah, isn't this just a semantic issue? You can call it a verb, an adverb, a noun. It doesn't really matter. It's still a hard thing to do.
1: Mm-hmm. No, it, it is. It's hard and it's rare because it's risky. Because once you say... Yeah, uh, I have a part of this mess, whether the mess is a company that isn't able to attract and retain a diverse workforce or a community that has a homelessness problem, for instance. Once you say, I have a stake in this mess and I'm going to step out and intervene in some different way than what's in my job description or in what we typically think of as how a person shows up in a community to vote and to think they'll do it. If I'm going to show up in a different way, yeah, it doesn't matter if we call it a noun or a verb or a what, but it's going a little bit outside my job description or a lot outside my comfort zone to try to make something happen.
0: You described leadership or leadering as rare. Mm, Yeah. Does that mean... To borrow some language from the Bible, many are called, but few are chosen. Everyone thinks they can lead, but most people can't.
1: I think it's more many are called, but few hear it. And few have the courage to say, okay, I may be a new employee, but I'm going to ask the hard question in today's meeting. Or I, I may be a volunteer in a small community that seems to be dying, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna start talking about what this community can look like in three years. So many are called, but few take the risk to say, I'm going for this. I care enough to do something different. And what that's what some, we're looking for. We're looking right. for, and, and, and really 21st century challenges Demand that we do that. We're not. We're not going to get through this, you know, this decade or this century thriving as a community and as a country if people don't start stepping up in different ways.
0: You're talking to me, Julia, from um, Wichita, Kansas. You're in the heart of America, symbolically and geographically. Uh, is this a broader crisis in America? There is an absence of leadership at the political, the corporate, the personal level.
1: Yeah, and I think, uh, and it's really, yes, it is. It's a crisis and it's an opportunity because we've gotten to the point where people we appoint and elect to positions cannot solve the problems we're facing on their own. So it's an opportunity for people to self-authorize, to say, "I'm going to step up, I'm going to make a difference, I'm going to keep trying things." And I mean, take take homelessness for example. We need people from all sectors. We need people who are in high elected positions, and we need people in the neighborhoods on the ground to be thinking about what can I do. To make progress on this challenge. And so it's, yes, it's a crisis and it's an opportunity.
0: It all sounds good, Julia, but I, I don't you know what your homelessness crisis is in Wichita, Kansas. Yeah. Here, where I am in San Francisco, it's a huge problem. I know. You it. only have to go out on the streets to, uh, to see this crisis of homelessness. Uh, San Francisco's full of some of the supposedly the smartest, the wealthiest, the most powerful people in the country but no one seems to be able to address it. So using the example you threw up of homelessness give me some examples of how yeah. ordinary people can indeed lead.
1: I think what I want to uh, maybe I'll maybe I'll get to examples but I think I what I want to address first is we don't solve that problem because not enough people are willing to take the losses um, to their own, I mean, it's it take the losses of saying, yes, I care about this more than I care about my own evening at home. So I think it's going to take more people um, saying, okay, let's get together and let's get together with people who think very differently about this challenge. So it's gonna take people like, I'm gonna to have to get off my grandstand about how, we, how I think we solve it. And I'm gonna to have to get into rooms with people who see the challenge differently and including people who may be homeless themselves and including people like elected officials who maybe would, would rather talk about something else than the community's homelessness problem. So I think what what we're going to have to, what it looks like is putting yourself in rooms with people who think differently about it and genuinely asking the kind of questions about where can we find some common ground and what can we do that hasn't been tried before.
0: I don't really understand what that has to do with leadership, but in San Francisco, everyone thinks alike and no one can agree on on most things.
1: Well, and I think leadership. This is. This is. I have
0: to say, this is very vague. I mean, I've had many people on the show saying, "Oh, well, you just got to talk to people who disagree with you. Mm -hmm. Let's get people from different communities, different values, different political parties." Mm -hmm. But ultimately, take an example like uh, homelessness. Um, It requires political fixes. It requires major investment. It requires the buy-in of the police and of taxpayers. Mm-hmm. So ultimately, is this idea of everyone leading just an excuse to sidestep politics, to sidestep formal political authority?
1: No, because I think sometimes like, what we need to do is we need to hold our politicians accountable to exercise leadership themselves. I mean, the idea that when everyone leads, we're we're not trying to let politicians off the hook. We're saying they need to make some hard choices about what what do you really stand for, and what are you will are you willing to make moving some issue forward more important than getting reelected? For instance,
0: well, could you give me some examples of how this could work? Because again, I have to admit I'm not convinced. Mm-hmm. Uh, give me give me a couple of case studies where everyone does indeed lead and it results in positive change
1: well we've worked with um, a technology company that wanted to become more innovative and where the, what that looks like is everybody every, it looks like putting the challenge at the center i think i think andrew that's that's the part Maybe that's the piece that's revolutionary: is we have to stop talking about the individuals and st- start centering the challenge. So the challenge in this company. was... Can you
0: give me the name of the company?
1: I don't think I better. Um, Are
0: they a well-known, a household name?
1: Mm, probably not. I mean, they're 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 known in. Um, in the technology well, world. Tell me
0: what okay so they did, did this company was there an absence of leadership did they have poor leaders
1: I don't think no but see there you're you're equating leadership with position they they had made, they had fine people in positions of authority but what they needed was to authorize people throughout their organization to ask a different kind of question and to and to experiment more actively, and to look at situations from multiple perspectives. So, Andrew, it is it is vague in some ways. It's not do this, do that, do the other thing. It's put the challenge at the center, and help everybody. Number one, feel responsible, but then also think about. And you can you can see the the list of. Uh, behaviors across, or at least competencies behind me, we need everybody trying to understand to diagnose the situation. We need everybody managing themselves in different ways so that they can sit down at tables and try to uh, understand and move forward with people who think differently. And then we we need to intervene in different ways to move the shared challenge forward, whether that's uh, homelessness or making the the company more more innovative
0: yeah i'm looking at the charts behind you diagnose situation manage self intervene skillfully energize others that's all just generic management speak julia isn't it i mean it doesn't anyone could come up you with
1: know it. It, it 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 may be generic management speak but we have uh, thousands of people who come through this building in person and virtually every year. And putting those ideas in front of people at all levels in organizations and communities starts to change the culture of those organizations and communities, and they get more done.
0: Well, you won't mention the name of the tech company. Do you have any concrete examples from government, from corporate life, from the military, where your principle, your argument of when everyone leads actually worked, where where the toughest challenges got seen and solved? Because otherwise it's all a bit vague, I have to say. I've
1: got one, And, and one of the, yeah, Andrew, one of the things is this measuring progress on tough, complex, adaptive challenges is hard. And I'm going to admit that. And well, then,
0: but then you've written the book about it. You've made these big claims. So you've got to be able, to, you've got to be able to support them.
1: Yeah. So I'm going to point to Douglas County, Kansas, where they have just made some significant changes to how they're dealing with mental health issues in their prison system. We've worked with hundreds and hundreds of people in Douglas County and we've worked with we've worked with them through their community leadership program through the department of corrections sending lots of people through mental health agencies sending lots of people through county commissioners coming to our programs and i see and i, I i'm going to admit to you i can't i can't connect it directly to what they've what they've learned here but i have heard people talking differently in meetings and it leading to significant positive changes in how the community works together and um, how they serve the people who, who um, are least able to speak and advocate for themselves.
0: So you talk about Douglas uh, Douglas County, Kansas. Uh, talk a little bit more about what happened. Did did everyone get into a room, including patients? We've had some shows about giving voice to uh, to to people who are afflicted with mental illness in this country, and that's mm-hmm. one of the problems with the medical system.
1: And I mean, the, what I can tell you is this: these were conversations over years. And they were many conversations in many different rooms. No, it wasn't just one conversation, but it's just it's a way of holding, holding to purpose and saying, we need to do a better job of providing mental health services in our prisons and elsewhere in our community. And people holding to purpose and cross, you know, cross partisan and cross-agency, all that, keeping an eye on purpose and trying to move something forward that seemed impossible years ago.
0: So has this actually resulted in, in changes? I mean, it what, are the, what yeah. are the metrics on this?
1: Oh, man, you're asking. Uh, <laughs> this, is, this, this may be uh, – I'm not a good metrics person. I, I have to admit that. What I know is that it's, it has resulted in changes to how they do business. And we'll see the metrics down the road.
0: And how does this actually play out in, um, in could it play out in political life? So if you take the example from Douglas yeah. County Francis, how would it play out on a national level? There's a lot of pessimism about leadership in the country, especially mm-hmm. from Washington, D.C. How might this play out at a federal level?
1: well i think how this plays out is people name tough challenges and they don't they don't let up on them and and we we engage people from yeah how does this and it's hmm. it, it's, it's as much it's more a mindset about who is allowed to exercise leadership and set vision and how we go about it it's it's seeing a a challenge, and saying, "I have a part to play," and holding steady, trying things, even when it see- feels like
0: you're losing. Yeah, it's. I, I, I want to believe you, Julia. I mean, I know. I, I, I'm not. I mean, I am a naturally skeptical person, as as as, as regular viewers know, but. I, I've given you a chance. It's just not convincing. Where, where, where should we? So for for someone like myself, obviously yeah. to read the book. When everyone leads, the toughest challenges get seen and solved. What else can we do in our day to day lives? Should we begin in in the family with relationships at the local level? Do we should we start attending council or or, or local state events? Should we? speak up in our companies, in our corporations? Should we challenge our leaders? Should we claim that everyone should have a voice? Where do we begin this? I,
1: th- I think the, fir- the place you begin is you say, and let me, let me ask you, Andrew, what do you care about enough, either in your family, in your company, or out in the community, what do you care about enough to say, I'm gonna do something different? to try to reach this aspiration. But again, that's...
0: What do rather, you care about enough? But that, but that's rather vague. I mean...
1: It is vague, but it's it, like we got... I think that's where you got to start. You got to start, what, what concerns me and what do I care about enough to do something different? Because the, the part that's not vague to me is we... Leadership is available to anyone, anytime. And it starts with identifying, what do I care about enough to do something different?
0: And is this open to everyone? Say there's a dysfunctional family. Should children lead? Do parents lead? What would a child do to...
1: I would say to my 15-year-old, if there's something you... like, If my 15-year-old wants something to be different in our family, they should start... He should. He should say what that is... And he should start asking me questions about it. So that's what I would do. If I wanted I would start saying, I care enough to I care enough about this and start asking other people what they think about it.
0: It requires a sympathetic audience. Some people Mm -hmm. might be fearful of their parents, a child, a fifteen year old expressing themselves. Parents might take that as a criticism of their own leadership as parents. Well, certainly within corporations, a lot of people are fearful of talking up because uh, it's seen as a challenge to the authority of their superiors or the leaders. How how would you respond to people who say, well, I'm I'm not gonna speak up because I'll be punished for it?
1: Yeah, I would say, find the people that you can speak up to. And, and really be curious. About, I mean, if, it's, if, if you really are afraid of, of stating, for instance, I think this organization needs to do a better job of being an inclusive, equitable organization. If it's, if it's too risky to speak up and say exactly what you think, start asking other people, ask your teammates, ask your manager, how do you think we're doing around equity and inclusion? And then just be quiet and listen.
0: Finally, uh, Julia, do you have any particular heroes when it comes to leadership uh, you know, mm-hmm. in American history? Uh, speaking from Kansas, maybe Truman, FDR, uh, Abraham Lincoln. You know, um,
1: speaking from Kansas, Douglas. might Douglas. Be- my personal hero is Amelia Earhart. She said, women must do the things that men have tried. And if they fail, their failure must be a challenge to others. And for me, that's, that's, that's what like, we must do what we are told we cannot do. And if we fail, our failure must be a challenge to other people and a challenge to ourselves to try again differently.